Good day everyone, you're listening to Time for Your Hobby, and this is episode 80. That's not a flip, this is a flip. I'm your host Alex, and today I have the honor to have Chris as my guest on the show. How are you doing today? I'm great, how are you? I'm doing good, my voice is a little groggy, but hopefully people don't judge me too hard. <laughs> you have a nice voice, so they'll be listening to you more than they'll be listening to me, which is perfect. Yes, that's the plan. So today we're going to be talking about Chris's hobby, but before we do that, I'm sure people would love to know, who is Chris? Well, I go as the casual flipper. That's kind of my alt, um, alternate ego online. So what I do is I, I buy and sell things in store and then I flip them on Amazon. So, you know, that's something that I'm working on right now. Um, I'm based out of Canada, which I understand you are as well, uh, which is pretty cool because I feel like a lot of the online world in terms of flipping, um, as a lot of it is uh, in the States. So it's good to be from Canada representing and that's kind of the quick sum up of who I am. I just had a big stupid smile on my face when you just said from Canada. I'm like, yeah, I'm from Canada. Yes. <laughs> so yes. Yeah, proud. So yes, you mentioned the hobby of today, flipping. And give to give a little example of what it is a little more in detail. Like you said, you buy in store. Do you ever just buy online too? Or do you just buy in store and flip it online? I don't just hit up the store locations because I'm kind of in the early beginnings of it. Um, so I've kind of prefaced this for you a little bit. There's basically four different ways to sell online. And most people will start with retail arbitrage, which is what I'm doing now, which means you go to brick and mortar locations, uh, Walmart, Target, whatever, and you'll actually purchase things on sale or clearance. And then you'll take those items and you'll sell them for more on online, whether it's Amazon or eBay, it doesn't really matter. It's the whole idea that matters. So what I'm doing right now is called uh, book flipping. So Basically, I have a little scanning tool that I take and I go and I scan each and every book in the bookstore in and I have an app that essentially takes the fees and everything that I would pay, the shipping costs, and it lets me know the profit. So as long as I can make three, four dollars on a book, I'll take it so I can go to the thrift store and I'll get 15, 20 books. I come home, clean them, and then I ship them off to Amazon and they they process that for me. So at this present time, I'm doing retail arbitrage. But my next move is online, which means I'll buy things that are on sale or clearance online. That's pretty cool. I love that whole like uh, mechanism you have, like this whole plan. And you even have the app. I'm going to ask more about that app. But before we move further, I'm sure people were like, oh, my God, Chris has so much information to give. Where can I find him? Where can I learn more about him? Do you have any social media links or websites that you would like to share for the people so they can come support you and follow you? I definitely do. I'm kind of living right now on Instagram is kind of where I, I do the most, but I'm also on Twitter. So if you want to find me on Instagram, it's the casual flipper. And then you can also find my Twitter as casual flipper. And the other thing you could actually do is I, I uh, started a podcast not too long ago of my own. And it's I do it through Anchor. But if you go on Spotify or Google you can just type in the casual flipper podcast, you can find me there as well. That's perfect. I'll put all that information below so people can go check you out and follow your story and also follow your podcast. Give some support because apparently people here love podcasts. I don't know why. It's weird. <laughs> but yes, show Chris some love. I'm sure he will definitely appreciate it. Now back, I would appreciate it. Now back to flipping itself. You mentioned you use an app. Do you mind sharing what that app is or is it one of those things you don't want to share because it's like a secret thing? Oh, no, not at all. My, <laughs> hey, my goal is just to kind of you know, share all the information I can and kind of get people because I've always wanted some kind of side hustle to kind of make that extra revenue stream. So what anything I can give to help people is my goal. So what the name of the app is, it's called Scoutly, which is the really the best one to use in Canada. 
if there's anyone out there listening in the states, there's another one called Scout IQ, which is a lot more popular. It seems a little, honestly, it seems like it might be a little bit uh, better of an app. But in Canada, if you're listening, it's called Scoutly. Now it is paid, so it, it ends up being thirteen dollars a month. But I mean, you, like I've made that back easily, like off one book. You know, textbooks in September. I mean, you can make. I mean, the sky's the limit. Thirty-four dollars just off one book. So the app is Scoutly. Actually, on that point, I don't know if you've ever thought of this, but is there anything that you would wish these apps had that don't currently have? Well, that is a good question that I don't know I can necessarily answer because <laughs> I've only been doing this right now about, you know, maybe two months. So I'm learning a lot. Like I'm really just, just learning on the fly. But I mean, probably the trickiest thing, one thing that I wish that they could do is there's triggers that you have to set up before you go in and scan. And they're a little tricky. So it's the trigger is like the algorithm that the app will use to decide if it's a buy or a reject. And if you don't know what you're doing, it can be a little tricky setting those up. So it would be nice just to have, you know, maybe a better video tutorial that they actually show you right off the bat to kind of help you set those triggers up. And you mentioned that you started this around two months ago. Uh, what got you introduced to this? Was it a person or an advertisement online or a TV ad or anything at all? Well, I'm kind of always on to new projects. Maybe a year ago now, I had my own, a different podcast called the Personal Growth Podcast, where I was really into self-development. But it just, it, it ended because it wasn't super genuine for me. And I just, like, it it was hard to sustain because it wasn't really me. So from there, I like, I'm always wanting to find a project. I always got my eyes open looking for something. And then a guy that I work with said that he was selling, you know, all these books and I got really confused like what do you mean on you're selling books and he just kind of told me really basics of it without giving too much information because I think he he thinks that you know if he tells too much like it, he won't be able to make money anymore which is not the case because it's a huge huge pie like there's plenty of pie to share um, so I went and basically just did some start doing some research and uh, Google looking up key terms and then the videos that I found it, it really blew my mind about how easy it is to start the side hustle and how much money you can make in a short time. And, and it is very much like a side hustle. Okay. Yeah. And you, you, have, you only started two months ago, so you have a lot of growth to do. And, and I'm not saying you're in, in a bad state, but you, you have a lot to learn and you're, you're loving it. It sounds like you're very passionate about it. I see your posts on Instagram and it seems like you always have a lot of knowledge and wisdom to share. Even though you've only done it for two months, you're fully in it and, and you love it. And it's amazing. I love it. Yeah. And no, I'm full like that. I've kind of, it's kind of my biggest flaw, but also maybe my biggest asset that I get really like crazy about some stuff, you know, so there's, there's a balance. Though, and that's nothing that I focus on is like balancing these things because it's easy for things to kind of take over. You know what I mean? And then you start neglecting other parts of your life. But you are right. I am definitely 100 percent in it. You know what? You're a passionate person. That's what it is. That's the best way to look at it. You're very <laughs> passionate <laughs> for you. What kind of things do you usually prefer to flip? Because you mentioned books. Do you prefer flipping just books or do you have laptops or, I don't know, hand sanitizer? I, I'm reaching <laughs> out. I don't know. Anything at all. Books is nice because it's fairly easy and low risk. Like when you're spending a dollar or less on a product, it's pretty low. So I do like that part of it. But I'm trying to open my, my, my horizons here. And I recently, well, just literally before getting on this, I'm starting to look at online arbitrage. So buying and selling things that are on sale online. But at this time, it's probably books just because it is very low risk and it's like hands on. But I always love, 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 love when I go into a store and you find a Blu-ray like Lord of the Rings and it's still sealed. That is 
that's like you find that you you're having a good day because you pay five dollars for it and i sold one not too long ago for 89.99 wow i paid five bucks yeah so those are those are nice when you find those so was that lord of the rings uh, thing the biggest thing you've ever sold or was there something even bigger than that as of right now that is yeah that that's the biggest one i almost got off on a good one recently uh with the black friday sales like um that had soda streams on a ph- phenomenal price and like the profit on it would have been like 60 70 dollars they, they're selling amazon i think around 160 so i bought i picked up a bunch of those but one thing i didn't realize is that they're considered a hazardous material because of the co2 canisters so they were actually i wasn't allowed to send them in so i bought them i had them at the house i was all excited i was writing about it i was like pumping my tires and i go to ship it and i couldn't so that was kind of a disappointment but that would have been probably one of my better ones huh that's interesting that these little things like the CO2 hazard thing. On that note, where do you usually go to learn more about flipping and the do's and don'ts about it? Because like that CO2 thing, you just learned about it and like, okay, now I know for future references, maybe not the best thing to do, uh, but where do you usually go to learn more about it? That's the part of the thing that actually made me want to start my podcast is there really isn't, like there, there, no, don't come out, there are good podcasts out there and there is good content. There's just not a vast majority of it. You know, there's probably that I can think of like, three solid podcasts available so a part of what i'm doing is just learning hands-on from experience and then sharing that myself but really the reselling community is very closely knit so it's really honestly it's online you know it's hitting up people listening to whatever podcast you can youtube is a great source but there's not like a a single place it's really just hands-on and the learner from those people around you until they listen to your podcast the one and only place they'll ever need to go to learn about <laughs> well, flipping that's, exactly that's the hope <laughs> Well, actually, when it comes to you buying things, what are some key elements you look for when you're buying new objects that you're going to flip? I know price is a very important thing, but is there anything else that you look into? Yeah, oh, there definitely is. So the size of it matters because there's going to be shipping costs associated with it and weight. And then if it's, and everything's going to be a little bit different, whether it's games or books or whatever. Uh, But I would say if we're talking books, because that's kind of where my focus is right now, it's the condition of it, you know, like, I want to have my books to be the best condition possible. I don't want them to have writing on the inside. I don't want highlighter marks, that kind of thing. So the biggest factor is definitely the condition of the book. Now, with that being said, if you find a textbook and there's highlighting on the inside of it, and you know there could be a potential $67 profit, in a situation like that, you can just write in the notes because Amazon gives you a place to write notes for the buyer that, hey, like this, this book's been through some things, lots of highlighter, but you know, integrity is great. So you could still actually list that book and still make that profit because there are going to be students who are on a budget that'll pay, you know, the lowest price that's still quite high to get that, to get that book. But I'd say it's definitely the condition of it and uh, the profit that's there is kind of the biggest factor. And if you're looking at other things like, uh, like something that would have weight to it, like if you're trying to sell laptops, I guess you would have to make sure that those dimensions were as low and tight as possible because shipping and eat your costs very quickly. I could just imagine when you're selling the textbooks that do have highlighted in them, you just put in the description, this textbook has the answers you're looking for. Highlighted at oh, this page. Okay. <laughs> sell it for more. You know what? <laughs> I'm going to use that line. I like that. <laughs> it has everything preset for you. <laughs> exactly. And uh, when it comes to selling and flipping online, I feel like scams can be something pretty common. Have you ever encountered a scam? Not yet, because I've kind of only dabbled with Amazon and eBay, both of which are pretty legitimate companies, obviously. They're both publicly traded. Um, I would say on their end, 
I've actually like, I don't deal with them myself, but I deal with the repercussions of them dealing with it. So what that means is there's a lot of items that I can't sell on Amazon because I'm new and they, they restrict people. So I can't sell like toys. I can't sell laptops. There's like, I can really, the only thing I can sell is books and Blu-rays and CDs at this time. And the way to, to kind of summarize it is they, they put you in a little playground and if you can play nice for a long time and prove that you're, you know, you're good, they open up to a, a bigger playground. So at this time, I'm in that little baby playground just trying to prove myself. So I'm more dealing with the repercussions of other people rather than having to deal with it myself. And how long is the playground playtime usually? Well, they, this is the million dollar question that no one seems to truly know. But there's ways around it. Like for one, if I wanted to sell toys... And I went and, and uh, purchased directly from Hasbro and, and they gave me the green light. I could send that invoice in Amazon and then uh, they would uh, ungate me or unrestrict me. Otherwise, it just you need to just have good reviews. You need to sell a lot of products. So thousands of items with good reviews. And typically from what the feedback I've gotten is about anywhere from five months to 12. At that time, you'll start to get ungated different products. So it kind of just goes to show the internet works in a very similar way, no matter what you're trying, you know how some people get famous off of one viral video, like for you for flipping, you might get a go just for flipping one great item and like, all right, good. Now you're trusted no, for exactly. everything. Yeah, exactly. So no, that's exactly how it works. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm knocking on wood that by maybe tomorrow, you are good to go to sell whatever you'd like. Oh, that would be nice. Well, that man, like uh, there's someone online that just, he got ungated in Nike, like, and now he can sell Nike and like the profit that's coming in from that is amazing because a lot of people can't sell it. So if you're one of, you know, a thousand people selling it and with an item like Nike that sells like a ridiculous amount, if you can be one of those people, then they're like the earning potential is huge. You know what you, like we mentioned before, you have the passion, you're gaining the knowledge extremely quickly. So I have no doubt, maybe you'll sell the competitor Adidas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I like that. Yeah. That's no, you were mentioning Amazon and eBay. Is there, do you prefer flipping things on Amazon or eBay? Because I feel like they both have similar like rules, but also also restrictions that might be a little bit different too. Yeah, I definitely, definitely prefer Amazon. Now, it really depends as well because eBay is a lot more hands-on. So you're dealing with the customer service, you're shipping the items, you're taking the photos, like it's your store. As for Amazon, if you do, there's two ways to do Amazon. One's FBA, which is fulfilled by Amazon, or you can do FBM, which is fulfilled by Merchant, which is more like Amazon. But if you're doing Amazon FBA, this is the terminology, that means that you're, I, I collect my 100 books, I clean them up, I ship them to Amazon, and they store it in their warehouse for a fee. But with that, they're shipping the item, they're dealing with the customer service. So that my only job is to collect the item and ship it there which frees up my time to, to source more inventory. And with eBay, you know, there is less fees involved. So that is a benefit of it. And you can sell whatever you want, which is also nice. But now you're having to deal with the customer service and you're having to deal with uh, the shipping, which is shipping's the trickiest one. Because with Amazon, when you're shipping items, they use UPS and they give you a ridiculous discount. Like you can ship like a hundred like a, not a hundred, well, hundred books. It ends up being what, like 30 pounds. So 30 pounds of books and you can ship it for like 20 bucks. Wow. You like you ship what single toy to, you know, you know, from Halifax, Ottawa, it's like $20, same thing. So they have the pros and cons, but Amazon just makes it very like, there's a reason they're as big as they are because they've made it very easy for third party 
sellers to do it and they've made it very profitable for themselves because they're charging so many fees on it. So I do, I do prefer Amazon and, and I'll, I'll probably stick with that path. Now, you touched a little bit on the customer service aspect, especially in eBay. Have you ever, if you don't mind me asking, have you ever encountered a difficult, let's say, client, whether it's complaints or returns or anything like that? Yeah, that, that's the trick you're on because one lesson I've learned recently, it's better to just spend the money. You know, if you, if you, if you sell an item and you're going to take a loss on it because of shipping or something, it's better just to do it properly and get a good review than to make a few bucks and get a bad review. I shipped an item that like the box and the item were very, very similar size because if I got in this box, I mean like I was saving myself like $15 in shipping cost because of the size. So I did it and sure enough, boom, I got a bad review because he didn't like the packaging that it came in. And they actually restricted because of that review, how many items I can list at one time. So that was kind of a, like a lesson learned to just like, you know, bite the bullet do the shipping properly, like make sure it looks nice. It's packed well. And if you have to insulate it and it's going to cost you more money, just do it because it, in the end, it's like that positive review is worth way more than a few dollars. It's crazy to think you can have a hundred positive reviews, but as once you get like one negative review, that's the one that outweighs all the positive ones. It really does. It hurts. And reviews are so important online. People shop based off reviews, right? And I would imagine like you've seen this online or you, maybe you've had yourself. I hope you didn't. But non-constructive criticism or non-constructive reviews that have nothing to do with the actual product or just something that's completely irrelevant. I haven't personally dealt with that yet. I'm sure I will. But I'm trying to be super transparent and I'm trying everything I can. But I'm sure I'm going to get I'm going to get one soon enough. But uh, when you're listening on Amazon, the books, as an example, it asks you to put the condition of it. And like, I always try to undersell my, myself a little bit on that. If it's, you know, if it's a, a good condition book, I'll put it as acceptable just to try to under promise, over deliver. And I always take photos of the ones that I don't think are in perfect condition. I take photos of them. I put the details in. So I'm trying to be very transparent to avoid that. But I, you know, it happens. I see people online, people I talk to that just get ripped up for things that's kind of out of their control. But that's, you know, that's just the way it is. But I do appreciate that you are transparent because... As we know more and more these days, some people or companies do the opposite where they're not transparent and they over, not overestimate, but they overblown out of proportion the quality of the product they're selling. And then when you get it, yeah. it's something completely different. <laughs> yeah, and it's, but you know, and that's true and it's unfortunate, but it's just not a sustained model. You know, the people that are doing that are living a very short term economic kind of thing. You know, I'm trying to think long term and a lot of people that I look up to also think long term. So that's kind of, it's always looking at the big picture. If I want to, you know, operate a successful business on Amazon, those positive views are way more important than whatever short-term gain I can have. That is absolutely right. I couldn't agree with you more. Now you mentioned Amazon and eBay. Did you ever flip on any other websites? I don't. Uh, those are the two that I'm on now. I may expand beyond that. Uh, I got my girlfriend kind of looking at Poshmark, it's called, which just recently started in Canada, which is clothing. Clothing just isn't my thing. Like, I don't particularly dress the best. I have like three or four different outfits that I kind of cycle through. A lot of people kind of pick at me at work. I kind of wear like one of three sweaters. Like me. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, like it's just, yeah. So Poshmark, if you want to sell clothes, is a really great option because there is money in that. Like, Like, if you can find brand names, people will pay for it. And even when you're, when I, when I say you can make money, I like, cause some of this clothing new is 70, $80, but if you can list it for 40 and you bought it for three, that's a, that's a good profit. So Poshmark is another one, but I'm really just on the two platforms. 
And being on these two platforms, I would imagine there are some techniques that you would have to start using to be more successful. If you don't mind, if, if you don't mind me ans asking this question, you can also refuse to answer it. Do you have any secret techniques, whether it's the time of day you post it online or specific angles you take for the photos or for the objects? No, 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 no I don't think anything, uh, no, nothing like that. Like there's little things you, I think you can do that can help. Um, like for one, when the user clicks on purchase used books, it'll list them all there, you know, and it'll show the condition of it. But below the condition, you can put comments in. And one thing that I always do, because a lot of people don't understand how Amazon works, which is totally fine. That's just the reality of it. Mine will say, it'll say like sold by blank store, which is my store, condition good. And then it'll say shipped. And this is something I'll write, shipped and fulfilled by Amazon Canada. So now if I'm against the next person and there's no comment there, it just says that like, okay, here's two books. They're both in good condition. Oh, but this one's shipped and fulfilled by Amazon Canada. Boom, I'm gonna click that one. So that's one thing that I put on all my listings is just a generic note shipped and fulfilled by Amazon Canada, just to kind of help give it a more of a legitimate feel. Not that it isn't legitimate, but when you're dealing with the use, some people have a weird association with that. And then I got a, like a photo white box that I'll photograph to make it look more professional. But yeah, I don't think I have any special techniques. You know, I know on like Instagram and stuff, there's certain times a day to post that'll get more reach, but I don't, I don't really mess with any of that stuff. On that note, uh, you say you take pictures of the books. How many pictures do you usually do for one book? Like the back, front, and maybe flip the, the page open? Yeah, you know, like, depends on what the reason is. A lot of times, if there's like a coffee stain on the front, I'll just take a picture of the front. But then because I'm taking a picture of something that's kind of negative, I want to showcase the better parts of the book. So I'll get a nice picture of the spine, a picture of the back, and maybe uh, some of the pages. But typically normal it was just uh just showcasing that it's an okay condition book just front and back is really all i think you need it's kind of like the good cop bad cop like you got the good side the bad side it's just like oh my god <laughs> okay i got both sides okay i'll buy it <laughs> yeah exactly and how is the flipping community around you honestly this is the one thing that sh has caught me off guard the most it is very very welcoming and very warm and like everyone is just so eager to share their information you know, uh, I recorded a couple episodes of the podcast today. And like when I was doing my former podcast, when I was talking to mostly like motivational people and, and different influencers and that sense, you would message 50 people. And like, maybe if you're lucky, four of them will get back to you. And, and of those four, maybe if you're lucky, one of them will agree to work with you. You know, I send out three messages and I'll get at least two or three or all of them, like all three people will reply. And like, they're all so gung-ho to help. And you know, one of the guys answered, if it's going to add value to your listeners, then of course I'll hop on your podcast. So I've been very impressed with the reselling community, how open they are for an industry where, you know, you think that it's all about making money and business and like, I got to, you know, outwit the other guy. It's not like that at all. Like the reselling community is, is good. And I'm, I'm very happy to be a part of it. That's awesome. And I love how your girlfriend is now into it. So you both <laughs> share a hobby together. <laughs> yeah. Was it hard to convince her? Uh, she was her? pumped up. Uh, yeah, like she's passively into it, I should say, but no, like she got her first sale and she was pumped up and like, that really got her motivated. So I, I'm trying to convince her to open up some more, uh, online stores, but she's more, definitely more passive with it. But no, it's, it's definitely a fun thing to do together. It gets us both out, you know, and for her, she looks at it as a shopping. So it worked. There you go. It's a double positive shopping and making money out of it. Which... Exactly. That's how I look at it. <laughs> and for you, what was your biggest challenge when you first started flipping? I think it was just it seems so complicated. Like, I guess it's like anything, no matter what you're doing when you're first starting, like, you know, you see this light at the end of the tunnel and you're so desperate to get there. And 
but it just seems so complicated. Like how, like, what do you mean? Like, how do you ship to Amazon? Like, how do you make the account? Like all these questions, like how do you find the inventory? So it can be very daunting, you know, it can be very like, it seems like such a huge impossible task, but once you start breaking it down and it's like the only thing that matters is the action you take, like just make it into baby steps. Like when you first want to start, okay, literally just go get the books. That's it. Don't worry about all the other logistics. Just go get the inventory that you need and then take the next step. So I think the hardest part for me was just grasping the whole idea of it and understanding that like I can do this. And um, once I kind of got over that hump, it's like this whole world opened up to me. That's pretty cool. And I'm guessing that's no longer your challenge today, but what is your current challenge? I, it's actually a fairly massive challenge, which is I have some spare time. I'm off twice. I'm off two days a week. And like, I think people actually underestimate how much time they have. I never realized how much spare time I have. So I got this side hustle and realized that I'm putting a lot of hours into this that I didn't realize I had, but, um, there's only so many, like for me, the best place to go is the Salvation Army. And in my area, there's like four maybe um, or maybe maybe five so once you hit up those five like it takes time for them to get inventory back like like you can go maybe once a week once a week's cutting it like so like right now like i've been to all of them like i've just totally i've gone like maybe i'm going back twice to some of them and now like you go there the first time you get 12 books you go back the second time you're lucky to get like two or three so no matter now i'm at a point where like, how do I get more inventory? So now I got to expand, you know, my my strategy here. And like, you can go on Kijiji and Facebook Marketplace, but that's very like tedious. So, but I'm just going to have to do it. But, you know, I'm going to have to travel a little bit, you know, drive two hours to another city, hit up those stores and kind of figure out if, if it makes sense to do that based on costs. Uh, but the biggest challenge I'm having right now is, is uh, inventory. And then I also know the next challenge would be after this, is I don't, you know, you got to have a plan in place that you're not having to go and scan books every day. So there's got to be a way that this can be more streamlined, you know, so inventory can just kind of come from some results. I don't have to be so hands on. But my biggest thing right now is just inventory. I have to find another way of uh, of sourcing other than just going to the stores and scanning because I'm I'm kind of tapping them out, which is where the online arbitrage comes into play, I think. I could just imagine the people at the stores like, wow, this guy really loves these textbooks. He must just love learning. <laughs> it's it's true. And like some of them are weirded out by it. So I've just started to tell them straight up, like there's this one girl, the, the closest one to me that I'm at the most. Like I'm going in there enough that it's, I think it's like almost weird. It's weird how often I go in there and I'm taking stacks of books and they're like, oh, you must love reading. So I've just, <laughs> I actually showed one of the employees that's full time that I see the most. It's a really nice lady. I showed her the app, the Amazon store. I just went through the whole thing with her just to kind of, put on her mind. I even told her about Poshmark because I thought like maybe she could benefit from it. Just trying to build relationships there because I think if I could somehow weasel my way into the back <laughs> before they, you know, put the stickers on it would be like a very good thing for, for both of us. But, but yeah, it's a, it's a, you, you get some looks and even people like, like their customers will come up and like ask me what I'm doing, which is always a little uncomfortable. It's like, I'm buying books. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah. It's, like, I don't know what to say because you almost feel like you're breaking the law for some reason. Like, I, I don't know why it feels like you're doing something kind of bad. And like, anyway, anyway. How I, dare I you spend it. your money the way you want to spend it? You're right. It's, yeah. <laughs> well, you're in there like scanning every single book, you know? And you kind of looking around. I don't know. It's a weird thing. And, and just imagine that you go to the store so much, they end up giving you like a, a club card where you get a discount for buying their books. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> as much as that's a joke, that's literally what has happened. I have awesome. 
I have a thing that once I spend like 50 bucks, I get 50% off my next order, which is like super, super nice. That's pretty, that's really cool. Yeah. But I'm glad that like the the cashier or the person that was helping you out, you were so invested in telling her about it and teaching her and even introducing something that might be her new hobby, her new passion, like something that she might be interested in. I, I love that community aspect. It's pretty cool. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, it's all about just kind of helping out. I mean, the reality is she probably won't, but at least she knows. It's out there. You know. It's out there. Exactly. I like that. Now for a darker side, what are some misconceptions about people who do flipping online? I think probably most of the misconceptions revolve around eBay. You know, anytime I talk with eBay with people, they're always very like off put. They think it's sketchy and they're like, how, how do people know what you're, where you're selling isn't stolen? And like, I don't know, there's just like a lot of misconceptions with eBay. But I mean, a few things, like I just said, you know, they are publicly owned companies, so they do have a lot on the line and they're going to do whatever they can to keep their shareholders happy. So there's there's different things in place to kind of protect the buyer and the seller in terms of, you know, reinsurance policies and verify like you can't just I can't just go on there and create an account and, and sell something like there is a you do have to apply for a, for a selling account, which is, by the way, if anyone wants to start on Amazon, you should apply for your account today because it probably will take up to a month before they accept it. Um, just as a side note, but I think there's a lot of dark horses around the whole eBay world, but really all it is is a community of collectors who buy and sell stuff. That's ultimately eBay is these days. Um, so it's going to be a lot of niche stuff, but eBay seems to be the, the biggest one that people are kind of, I guess, sketched out by. I remember many episodes ago, I recorded a guy who collects bottle caps and he does all his training or not training, trading on eBay. And he said it's a very friendly community. And every now and then you get the one guy who comes in trying to be the jerk. But most of people on there are good willing people. Yeah, they really are. Yeah. yeah. And that's exactly how I look at eBay now. It's it's really the collectors, which is a, a good thing because they have money and they're willing to buy the weird things you put on. Yeah, like books for school. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Uh, but yes, uh, has flipping ever stressed you out? No, definitely not. Not yet anyway. I mean, stressed in the sense that like, I'm like, man, how am I going to get more books? Like I'm, I'm tapping these stores out like, and then you're thinking about it and trying to strategize around it, but not stressed to the point that it's like a negative thing. It's more of like a, I got to make this better kind of stress. You know, if it ever gets to the point where it stresses me out, I just won't do it. Right. Cause it is kind of a side thing for me. I'd say probably my, my full-time job stresses me out more than the side hustle. That's completely fair. And I, I'm glad it helps you relax. <laughs> yes. Now for a really, really tough question. Uh, you might've read it, but what has flipping taught you in life? I had a side hustle before, not really side hustle, but like I had this thing called Big Red Says and like my intentions were so pure and good with it, but it just wasn't totally genuine. So it wasn't sustainable for me. And like I was creating content, but I was like, it felt like work. Like I felt like I had a second job and I didn't enjoy it, but I had this thing or this dream that I was chasing that I thought was worthwhile. And then when I stopped, like it felt like a failure, I defeated whatever. So what this has taught me, not so much the flipping, but just the whole thing that I'm doing now where it's just so easy. Like it doesn't feel like a like like a job. Like like the whole side hustle where you're you're flipping and scanning books is just fun. So what it made me realize is like things like this are sustainable in your life because it it's genuine. So like being genuine is so important with what you're doing. So if you're, you know, if you have something that you're working on in your life and it's not genuine, it's not sustainable 
and it's fake and you're not going to really, I don't think, achieve what you want. So it's important that you just find what's genuine to you. And it's, it's the biggest self-awareness game is probably what Flipman has taught me is that I'm more self-aware about what I enjoy rather than my, uh, my previous kind of uh, project. You know what? I completely agree with you. I hope I'm the same with this podcast. I hope I f- people who think I'm genuine because I, I am. I really enjoy it. I really enjoy talking to people. And, you know, this is why Chris and I are now officially friends because we enjoy our <laughs> hobbies so much. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, what, you're on episode 80? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah. Episode 80. <laughs> well, I mean, if you are gotten into 80 episodes, how often do you post anyway? Uh, every week. Every week. So, geez, so you're, you're genuine. If you can keep that up for that long, you're, you're genuine. And I think you'll, you'll definitely make, make whatever you're trying to accomplish. I'm just trying to connect the world together and showcase amazing people like you. I recorded three episodes this week and this, it's actually makes me a lot more happy at the end of each episode. I'm always pumped up. I'm like, Ooh, this person has a passion hobby. I can't <laughs> wait to share with the world. And of course I cannot wait to share your podcast. I mean, actually, yeah, your podcast and this episode as well. Just share everything you have. <laughs> no. And I, I think that's awesome. And I appreciate you as a human being and as a podcaster and more importantly, as a Canadian, not that I'm against <laughs> anyone else, but just, you know, you gotta have that connection. I'm giving you a virtual high five right now. <laughs> Boom. Now, do you want to present this hobby to the world or use it more as an escape from reality? You know, that's a good question. I don't actually know. I don't think I don't think I need an escape from reality, to be honest. Maybe at one point in my life I did, but I, I'm pretty happy with my with my existence right now, you know? So I, I think it's something that I'll definitely, maybe I started out kind of, I will say when I first started, I mean, I technically am just starting, but the first little bit, I kind of hit it because I just, I don't know, I was kind of embarrassed for some reason, but now it's like, it's open for the world to see. I, I enjoy what I do. I'm going to tell everyone and it's, it's good in that sense. That's perfect. And speaking of which, do you have any word of advice for anybody who might be interested in this hobby? You've talked about it a little bit in the in the episode, but is there anything you would like to add or put more emphasis on? Well, if you are looking to get started, just try not to do what I did and overthink it. Like it's very easy to do. Like it's simple. It's basic. It's just buying things low, selling them high and like, don't get caught up in the logistics probably on like hey, maybe a little self-promotion here, but listen to my podcast because it's me starting from the ground in the trenches, you know, like my, when I very, 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 very first started like day one, I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to document this. So I've been documented from the from the start so maybe hit up my podcast to search the casual flipper in spotify or google or anchor and uh, there in the show notes you can find my website and like my uh, social media feed and just hit send me a message like dm me i will respond probably like disgustingly quick because my phone is glued to me <laughs> and yeah i'll uh I'll, I'll show you the way. That's perfect. I will definitely, definitely share your podcast with people and let people know about it. And I will always promote every single one of my guests. And now you're a guest, definitely going to promote you for the future. Oh, I really <laughs> appreciate that. Thank you very much. And I will do the same. Nice, nice. Another virtual high five. <laughs> <laughs> now you touched about this again. We talked about it at the beginning and I'll ask it again. Do you have any social media links or websites that you would like to share and reshare with the audience? You talked about your podcast, but you're more than welcome to share it again. Yeah, I think the best thing would be if I could maybe send you them and you could maybe put them in the show notes. Would that work? That's, of course, absolutely. I, I was going to do that regardless. I was just going to, even if you didn't give it to me, if you mentioned it in the, during the podcast, I would go online searching for it and just <laughs> post it there. <laughs> okay, no, I love that. Yeah, so it's like I, like I said, like I'm, I'm living on Instagram, Twitter. I'm starting to mess around with TikTok. It's surprisingly fun. And if, before you judge me, TikTok, old musically, has aged up. It's still 
a younger crowd, but it, it's aging up. And I think it's a good platform to be on if you want to get on it early because, you know, it's uh, a lot of eyes are going to be on it soon. I tried giving TikTok a try for my thing. I made this little video series where I make a twin and the twin is an idiot. In, <laughs> anyways, it's, it's a weird thing. It's not about my crazy imagination. It's about your passion. And actually now it's back to me, I guess. Uh, do you have any questions for me about flipping? Not not top of my head just are you gonna try it you know what if i am going to try it i'm <laughs> definitely gonna watch your videos and your listen to your podcast first because like you said it sounds daunting from just an outside perspective yeah and it's of course you got to take baby steps you got to take you got to bite off as much as you can chew don't try to t eat the whole apple in one bite i don't know if that's a weird analogy but you know just small bites and then chew on it and then yeah i definitely want to take a look at your how you do it first because it's like riding a bike actually no that's a horrible analogy it's like uh I don't even know. You come on, you're the expert here. It's like what? Well, here. <laughs> How about if you're out in the boat and you see something that is on a good price, I'll sell it for you. We'll split the profit. Oh man, that's awesome. And I'm never in it about the money. I would actually like, I would actually learn. I'd be like a teaching moment. If I let's say I buy in a pencil, I'm like, all right, they're probably worth not, nothing. I would say, hey, Chris teach me how to sell this pencil on eBay and Amazon. Hey, on, on eBay. Yeah, that's where the collectors are, man. They'll spend a hundred bucks on a pencil. All right, I got an HP pencil that's almost done. Yeah, I can do something with this. <laughs> but that's awesome. If you autograph it. Yes, autographic. I'll break the pencil, then just use that pencil to autograph the same pencil. <laughs> but that's, that's amazing. I'd love to try it one day. So there you have it. Another body with a hobby. Thank you so much, Chris, for coming on and just sharing this i've learned a lot today and it's got me curious i'm like i'm looking around in my room like could i sell that <laughs> i know it's like old yeah. but can i sell that can i flip it <laughs> probably people are gonna be like alex no you can't you're not good at this all you can sell <laughs> is other people's hobbies that's about it you can't sell anything else <laughs> but once again thank you so much chris that's not a problem at all i really i really enjoyed this and thank you for having me on i appreciate it so if you guys want to learn more about chris go check him out i'll put all the information information in the show notes below so that's his podcast his twitter his instagram his TikTok, anywhere and everywhere you can go learn about chris go contact him to learn more he's a very friendly person and of course, if you'd like to be on my podcast or have any questions at all, you can send me an email at timeforyourhobby at gmail.com. And of course, I keep saying, and of course, if you think this episode's gonna be helpful for anybody, by all means, share with them because maybe some they're going through a hard time and flipping could be a new hobby for them that probably brings some joy and, you know, explore the world, see things, even meet new interesting people such as Chris. Maybe you'll connect with Chris and create like, I was gonna say a foundation, but no, a friendship. Uh, yeah, friendship foundation. Yeah, there you go. But uh, yeah, thank you so much, Chris. It's not a problem. Thank you very much. So until the next episode, make some time for your hobby. Take care. <laughs>